Well, hello there, and welcome to the My Adoption Coach podcast, where I give you the step-by-step support and guidance you need on your domestic adoption journey. My name is Amanda, and I'm an adoptive mom of two on a mission to make your adoption easier, faster, and more affordable, because no one should walk the domestic adoption journey alone. Hello, and welcome back to the My Adoption Coach podcast. If you haven't yet subscribed to my channel or left me a rating and review, I really would appreciate it if you would do that. That helps me know what type of content that you want to hear more of on this podcast. Today, I'm sharing the exact step-by-step process that I followed in both of my adoption journeys and the exact step-by-step process that I've refined over helping hundreds of others adopt their children as well. So let's dive right in. There are eight steps to adopting a child through private domestic adoption. And we're going to walk through them step by step from a total perspective. And then if you have questions, you can always drop them below so that I can help you individually, or you can head on over to the Facebook group. Just search for my adoption coach under the Facebook group. I'm in there daily answering questions as well. Okay. The first step is to choose your method of matching. The second step is to set your budget. The third is to choose a partner. The fourth is getting home study approval. The fifth is creating a profile. The sixth is sharing your profile. The seventh is matching with an expectant family. And number eight is finalizing your adoption. I should have mentioned, I'm gonna give you an overview of all eight first, and then we're gonna break them down just like I do with everything. If you haven't met me yet, you will soon get to know that I do this, you know, step-by-step overview, and then I give you the sub-steps in each one. Call it my type A personality really shining through, but it's to your benefit in this process for sure. All right, so step number one, choosing your method of matching. What I always um, really suggest to folks is that you don't let your budget choose the method of matching that you're going to use. Instead, you set a vision for what you want your life to be like at the end of this journey, and let that be the guidepost of how you choose what method of matching that you are going to choose. And the next step in that, so the first step is to set your vision for what life is like at the end of this journey. The second step is to research the different methods of matching. And when I say methods of matching, what I really mean is, are you gonna use an agency, a consultant, an attorney? Um, Are you gonna self-match? Uh, what is a coach and what does a coach do? What does my adoption coach do in that process? So you want to research those different methods and don't worry, I have tons of content for you on that as well. Just check wherever you're listening to this and or watching this and you can uh, check that out as well. Do you want to research the different ones and determine which really matches your vision of what life is like at the end of this journey. And that will help give you the right clues into a, you know additional areas to investigate, if you will. The next step in the overall of the eight steps is setting your budget. I touched on this just briefly, but budget can be the scariest part of adoption for most hopeful adoptive families. Not only do you worry about how are you going to pay for it, but oftentimes that becomes the determining factor in actually how you're going to match your adoption for some. And I would say, stop, stop right there. Don't let your budget be your determining factor. Again, I have tons of resources and strategies to help you pay for your adoption that um, range from, you know, a grants to loans to 
um, tax credits to savings to all kinds of things. Uh, of course, fundraisers is right, right? I can't forget that one. But let's work through that together if you need help there. But don't just automatically default to one type of matching if that doesn't fit the vision for your life or if you don't feel emotionally equipped to, say, help a child that has had emotional trauma through the foster care process. It takes a special calling to um, really parent a child and help them through the, you know, kind of the, the messy backside, if you will, of the foster care process, also the adoption process, fully recognizing that. But it's really important that you are um, choosing a method based upon what you feel equipped to parent and provide for at the other end of this journey and not defaulting to a particular type of adoption based upon your budget. Okay, I'm going to put away my soapbox. I try not to bring it out, but, you know, it, it is really important and it's obviously an area that I'm passionate about. The next step in the eight steps is choosing a partner. And when it comes to choosing a partner, obviously I'm using the word partner a little, um, you know, kind of loosely or ambigu ambiguously here, <laughs> if I can get my words to work this morning. Um, it is really because I don't know which type you're matching, right? So I'm trying to make this as an overview video, but a partner would be the agency, the consultant, the attorney, et cetera, that you're going to use in your adoption journey. And, um, you want to pick the right one based upon your communication style. And you can sort through that a bit through the interview. And I do suggest that you set up interviews to find the right partner for you. And if you need help in a resource on, uh, you know, what questions to ask in an interview, make sure you head on over to my adoption coach, um, the Facebook group. And in the guide section there, I have an interview guide for you to use. It's just a free download that you can grab through the Facebook group, but I promise you it really will help you. And with all of this, I actually have a step by step course where I walk you through each of the steps and the sub steps individually, um, live, you know, or not live, actually recorded via video um, with handouts and like step by step process, you know, do this and do that, do that, etc. Um, and if you need more help on that, you can, of course, um, click the link below on that. But I just want to take a pause and say, if you're finding this content really helpful, or if you have any questions, I really would appreciate a like, a comment, a review, wherever you're consuming this content, because that really does help me know where to hone in and to help explain more and what type of content you're finding particularly valuable. Okay, now let's move on to step number four within the eight step process of how to adopt a baby, and it is home study approval. I feel like anytime I say home study approval, I should say dun 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 at the end of it um, because it is the thing that people get the most concerned about. It's usually how am I going to pay for my adoption? What in the world is a home study and how do I do that? And then what is life like at the end of this journey? Those are like the three top questions that I get every single day. And I just want you to know as it relates to home study, don't be scared. Like take a deep breath, do all of your like channeling your best calm exterior um, exercises because a home study is really not as scary as it sounds. As with the entire adoption process, it will take work and you will have to be precise in the paperwork that you fill out because there is a mountain of paperwork. But it is really, really important 
that you just take a deep breath and process it one step at a time. So the steps within a home study really come in, call it three waves, if you will. First would be the background checks. And again, this is the mountain of paperwork. In the background checks, you're going to have everything from um, really focusing on like your uh, clearances from a state and federal statute perspective to make sure that you've not harmed anybody, that you don't have felonies, things of that nature, because those will actually um, disqualify you from adopting. The next thing within the background checks typically are things like social medical history. So you will likely have to get a letter from your doctor saying that you have a reasonable life expectancy. Um, you're typically going to have to provide things like your most recent paycheck stubs, um, you know, proof of homeownership or that, you know, you have a mortgage or a rental, things of that nature. You're going to have to provide a couple of years tax returns. And I know that all of these things sound really foreign and maybe a little upsetting to think that you have to provide these things. But do remember that it's coming from a place of love and concern for the child and it has nothing to do with you. And it's really important that you remember that, that everything in this adoption journey is about providing the best possible home for this child. And it is not an attack on you. It is not to say that you're not a good person or that you're suspicious or anything of those of that nature. So when those feelings of um, doubt or self-worth or lack of self-worth start to creep into this journey for you, I would just take a minute to like recenter yourself on what's your vision for the end of this journey and really making sure that you're putting your focus on the child and not on you. The next step in the um, home study process would be the home inspection itself. And in a home inspection, again, I have a free checklist over in the Facebook group to help you prepare for a home inspection, um, just to you know help you know what to look for. But in a home inspection itself, you're going to make sure that the home is safe enough for a child to come into. Now, are they going? If you're adopting a newborn or an infant, are they going to come into your home and you know be able to crawl over and put their finger in the light socket or in the you know the outlet or the wall? No, but it is their job to make sure that you understand how to keep the chemicals locked up so that they can't accidentally drink bleach, right? Or that you know how to put um, you know, outlet covers over or how you can make sure stairs are safe. Um, there's a whole list of things that they'll be checking for from a safety perspective. And it's just that it's safety perspective. So just again, uh, grab the, the checklist because that'll help get you about 90, 95% there as to what they're going to be looking for. And then your actual home study provider themselves will give you a full list too. But for those of us that are type A and planners and want to know everything up front, go check it out in the Facebook group, Brent. I totally got your back. The last step in the home study process is actually an interview. And the interview is going to be likely at the same time that they do the home inspection. And the interview will be them just asking you questions about raising a child that's been adopted, what your um, you know ideas are as it relates to sharing that with them, what are your um, you know perspectives on um, you know punishments and parenting styles and things of that nature, and that is something that I walk my clients through on a one-to-one -one basis through very specifically because getting ready for that um, in interview can be really nerve-wracking. 
And so it's really important that you do your due diligence up front on just thinking through how you would answer a question so that you feel confident and calm during the interview. Now, I'm not coaching you on what to say. I'm coaching you through the different things to think through as it relates to the questions they're going to ask so that you feel more calm and centered going into that meeting. I know that that helped my husband a lot when we went through the process is that I just kind of did some research as to what would be the questions that they would ask because he likes to prepare in advance where I tend to be a little bit more comfortable on just like answering on the fly and and being okay with that. He wanted to prepare. So that is now a service that I offer to others just in case it's something you need as well. Okay, now let's move on to step number five of eight, which is creating your profile. Now, this is incredibly critical. Nobody ever tell my husband this, but this is like the most important first date you're ever going to get, friend. So being very clear as to who you are as a family and communicating that in a way that she can understand is critical of importance. I cannot uh, underscore that more. Uh, we were fortunate that I have a degree in, in journalism too, actually, and that I work in marketing for a living. So that helped us and that actually helped us match faster. And I coach my clients through that as well. I have a course that walks you through how to create a profile and how to create it in a way that no matter her learning style, she can hear about you. Again, very little about the adoption process is actually about you, friend. It is more about those that you're interacting with and what you're preparing for at the end of this journey. You are preparing to raise a human being at the end of this journey and it you must treat their birth mother, their bio mother, their first mother, whatever terminology you feel most comfortable using um, with a, a huge level of respect because she is making a tremendous uh, sacrifice. So it's a birth father, not to leave them out. Um, but it is really important that she clearly understand who you are and she's dealing with a lot, right? She's dealing with a lot of emotions. She's likely experiencing some version of trauma through making this decision. And so you've got to communicate clearly who you are in a way that she can receive in a way that her body um, can process as well. So there's no like marketing voodoo at work here. It's all based upon the basic principles of NLP and how people learn and how people take um, their you know information in and process it. Um, and uh, just rolled off NLP. NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. And that is basically just how your body and how your brain works at the most fundamental levels of human psychology, right? So it's understanding how that works, then clearly communicating in an authentic way who you are through that. And again, that's something that I um, teach my clients how to do on a one-to-one -one basis. But it's really important that you create an amazing profile because that's what's going to help you match faster. That's what's going to help you match easier. That's also what is more likely to result in a positive match versus a disruption. Disruptions will happen. Disruptions are really commonplace in the adoption process. We'll talk about that more in another video, but being clear on who you are will lead to less disruptions. Okay, next, number six of eight, sharing your profile. Now, depending upon how you're matching, this is gonna look very different for you. 
If you are matching through self-matching, it's your job to get your profile in front of as many eyeballs as possible because you never know where that opportunity is going to come from. Now, there are tons of matching sites out there that offer this service, but you want to only be putting your profile in front of qualified eyeballs. What a qualified audience means in, in marketing speak is that someone who is considering adoption. And that can be a downfall of some of these matching sites and services and things. So be really careful and cautious to understand how you're going to share your profile and whom it is your intended audience and are they receiving your profile? That is, no matter which route you're matching, that is the most critical questions that I would be asking and digging into here is, okay, if I'm matching with, if I'm using an agency partner, for instance, am I creating a profile that I feel really good that she can clearly and authentically know who we are? Then are you sharing it in a way that gets me X number of views on my profile a month, X number of contacts, like be really specific around how you're sharing it and who will be seeing it so that you can understand that you're getting in front of the right audience. It, I hate to say that it is kind of a, a numbers game, but it is to some degree because you have to have enough exposure on your profile in order to even become in the consideration set for an expected parent. And if an, an, an expected parent that is considering placing adoption doesn't see your profile, like you can't even, like you can't get off the ground, right? You can't get past the ground floor into a conversation. So who and how you're sharing your profile is really important. I always uh, encourage my clients where it is legal uh, from a self-matching perspective to share it themselves, even if they're working with an agency. And if you are sharing your profile yourself, you want to share it both in real life and in digital formats as well. Again, whole other content series is about that that I have already released that I'll release in the future. But if you have questions about that in the meantime, feel free to drop them below or jump on over to the Facebook group. I'm always there answering questions. Okay. Step number seven, we're getting close to the end of the steps here, folks, would be uh, matching. Matching really comes down to pregnancy verification and ensuring that you're a good fit for both parties. So again, depending upon the method of matching that you're choosing, pregnancy verification will be handled by your attorney, by your agency partner, etc. But basically, the first step in the matching process is to ensure that you are indeed matching with someone that is pregnant. Now, whether or not they intend to um, place their child, that still can, you know, uh, is still open for a conversation right at this moment. But you want to make sure that they are indeed pregnant um, so that you can avoid scams or at least kind of get the first um, kind of stage gate, if you will, out of the way. If they are not pregnant, then you can move on to a different conversation. The next step in here in, in this matching phase is making sure that you're a good fit. Now, this is very tricky and this is something that um, honestly I coach my clients on on a daily basis is ensuring that you each are a good fit for each other, that you can fulfill what she is looking for at the other end of this journey for this child, and that that is something that you actually want and feel authentic to you. Um, because just making it up for the sake of the video, if she has requirements that she wants to see this child every week for the next you know, 18 years, but yet you live across the country, 
that's probably not a good fit because unless one of you are willing to move to the other, you're not going to be able to fulfill that requirement. It's an extreme example, I know, friend, but just trying to give you an example. Do you want to make sure you're a good fit? And again, yeah, this is something we can work through together if you need help there. Basic common sense prevails as long as honest, honesty is your guiding post. Honesty is your guiding post. You got that. You don't need help. Just keep working the steps. Okay. Step number eight is finalization. Finalization really comes down to two areas as well. The first would be uh, the revocation period. And so this is the amount of time that um, the expected parents, which at the time of birth become called the birth parents, that the birth parents have to change their mind one way or the other. They can choose to place or not choose to place. This varies by state and by circumstance. I am not an attorney by any means. Make sure that no matter which method you're matching, self-matching, um, agency, consultant, et cetera, that you have an adoption attorney. If you're matching with an agency or consultant, they're going to have an attorney that they're going to have you use. Um, but you want to clearly understand in each opportunity that's put in front of you or that you're considering that you understand the revocation period. Um, if you haven't heard my story, I had a disruption. We didn't understand the revocation period. We might have made different decisions um, on the front side of that adoption had we understood the revocation period differently. So something you definitely want to understand. The next step in finalization and the final step is the final hearing. And typically, again, this will vary state by state. Typically, this is going to happen anywhere from five to six months, five days to six months after your actual uh, hearing or your actual revocation period. But basically, this allows the state to follow up to ensure that you're doing what you're supposed to do in order to, you know, effectively raise this child in a safe and loving manner. Um, again, every state is a little bit different here. So it's really important that you do your due diligence with your attorney to understand both the revocation period and the hearing so that you understand when the process is actually final and the adoption is legal. Okay. There, there you have it. I know that was so much. Um, eight steps and I tried to cram it in as fast as I could. And I know I tend to talk a little fast. So feel free to stop, pause, go back, listen and watch again so that you get everything. Um, but I, I, I know again, it was just a lot of information. So take a deep breath with me. <laughs> We made it all the way to the eight. <laughs> um, I know this was, again, a lot of information, but I hope that you found this really valuable, friend. And if you did find this valuable, I would really appreciate it if you would drop a comment and or a rating and review and tell me what helped you the most. Again, that helps me understand where I need to spend a little bit more time to explain things um, in a little bit, you know, clearer fashion or maybe talk a little bit <laughs> more slowly um, and where I need to make additional content to help you through your journey. So again, I trust that you found this valuable today. If you have any questions at all, or if you're interested in working with me one-to-one through the course that I offer on how to adopt, I give you the overview but I give you each individual section of the eight that we talked about in much more granular detail, complete with exercises, PDFs, and one-to-one -one conversations with me to help you through each of the steps of adoption. I have options where you can see the entire process, or if you already know which method of matching that you want to dive into, you can dive into just those particular swim lanes, if you will. 
to walk through the step-by-step process. So if you're interested in learning more about that, please click on the link below. And otherwise, friend, I hope to see you around soon. And as always, remember, I've got your back with the step-by-step process and support that you need in your adoption journey. And with that, you can do anything.